I've been having so much fun here, but... I didn't plan to stay in Australia this long, and I'm super broke. Any idea where I can get a part-time gig? What kind of work are you looking for? Well, I'm really good at telemarketing. I can usually guess how long to microwave food without looking at the box. I'd say those are my two main skills. Okay. Dang it. If Eleanor has to get a job, she'll miss class and that'll slow down her progress. Are you sure we should be doing this? It kind of feels like cheating. No, 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 it's, it's not cheating. Think of us as a snowplow, clearing a path for Eleanor so she can more easily drive along the road of improvement. Ooh, I love that. You really painted a picture there. G'day, how can I help you? One scratch-off lottery ticket, please. Oh, not that one. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. These tickets were printed before we got down here. I know which ones are the winners. And stop, that's the one. Good old lucky number 186 from the bottom. Here you go. Also, that bathroom key that you lost nine months ago slid under the register. And the woman that you think is your aunt is actually your mom. Okay, bye. So, Zach Pruitt, the people want to know, uh, what are your plans for the future of this podcast? Like, what does 2026 look like for you? Uh, Zach, did you hear the question? Yeah. All right, thanks, everyone. We're going to take a short break today. We're going to... Uh, resume this. Make sure that. Uh, hey, hey, did you hear? Are you okay? You okay, Zach? Hey, buddy. Hey, hey. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm, think I'm, of, think uh, of the biscuits. Think of the biscuits. I'm good. You're yeah. You're good. Hey, okay, everybody <laughs> out there, and welcome. Sorry, I just uh, you know I'm kind of going through some stuff off pod <laughs> that I like <laughs> to leave off pod for a reason. So I just got to get slapped around a little bit. I just got to get my blood pumping. I'm back. I'm good. I'm good. Do you got those pills, Stephen? You got those. You got those sweet, sweet uppers that I need to keep this charade up for the next 90 minutes. Hi, everybody. Yeah, I got your uppers. I'm glad you're here. That was our Mitch McConnell bit that we decided to start the podcast with today. How Nothing's was my funnier you think than an old did, white okay. man going through a mental crisis? Nothing's better than a podcast beginning with extended silence. Yeah. Watch the video on YouTube. It's much funnier. I thought you did a really good job, specifically the like looking to the right. That was that was choice. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It was real. That was good. I wasn't acting. I just zoned out. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Into the Time Knife. We're back to talk about another episode of season three of The Good Place. I'm glad you've joined us. I am Blake Bertels. Hi, Blake. And I am Snow Day 2000. Just wanted a lot of snow plow talk. Nickelodeon and I movie, either go the right? Uh, Cartoon Network, I believe, is I don't normally showed it. You think that Cartoon Network produced a live-action movie called Snow Day in the year 2000? Is that I true? I think that Cartoon Network aired a live-action movie called mm -hmm. Snow Day. No, no. I think that's 2000. a Nickelodeon. It has Josh Peck in it, right? You're Josh fucking Peck. I don't know. I'm going to have to school. We need to start this podcast with me schooling you. Yeah, well, I'm going to school Day you. Because it sure as shit aired on Cartoon Paramount Network. Pictures and Nickelodeon movies. I'm sure they aired it on Cartoon Network, but that doesn't mean that it was produced by one well, Cartoon I wasn't Network. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. The producer I'll credits find plenty of reasons to be more right 2000. than Steven throughout the podcast, I'm sure. Thank you for joining us. I'm glad you're here. 
Uh, before we get into it, let's shout out our $10 and up patrons Hello. here on Into the Time Knife, a good place where you watch. Over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast, those people are Mary Baker Budisa, Danny M. Lugo, Justin Fortier, and a new name to the list. Uh, let me know if I've got this pronunciation correctly. Uh, this is an unfamiliar name to me. Lil Sahaker? Sahaker. How would you I think pronounce it? S-H-A-K-E-R. Shakur? Like Tupac. Okay. Well, thanks to those people for your cash. And for those of you listening at home, today we actually, for the first time ever, are live streaming to our patrons as we record the podcast. If this is fun, maybe we'll do it more often. And if that's something you're into, along with You Can't Disappreciate Show, The Basement, our Patreon-exclusive That 70s Show rewatch podcast, all the episodes of Brokeback Bebop before they come out for free, all of that's over there, patreon.com slash podcast. It feels weird advertising that while they're watching us, doesn't it? It's a little it's bit different. like when you're in a like a McDonald's and mm-hmm. you see like a McDonald's commercial in the McDonald's, you know what I'm talking about? I don't know. Is that something you've seen before? I don't know. Has ever have you ever been to a McDonald's with TV? It's TVs? like when you go to an AMC theater and there's a commercial starring Nicole yeah. Kidman before the movie about how awesome AMC theaters are when you've already made a decision to be there. Then. I saw a video of someone who I'm not complaining. You know, I love for it. his birthday he wanted to go and like recreate the thing at the theater she filmed it at so he went to that AMC and did it and that looks fun I would enjoy that <laughs> I say it along with her as it happens and I'm trying to be comfortable being the guy who audibly claps and cheers yeah. for her because when I saw Barbie a lot of people did mm-hmm. it and it was one of the best movie going moments of my of my life it was I very guess. funny seeing really Oppenheimer fun. and Barbie on back-to-back days and the different reactions to Nicole Kidman on the screen. Because during Barbie, everyone cheered. And during Oppenheimer, all the all the other grown white men in the theater with me were like, can't wait to see this bomb. Can't wait to see Florence Pugh and <laughs> Killian Murphy. Can't wait to see bulk. Killian Murphy's shaft. Yeah. <laughs> was it shaft or balls? We were having this conversation, I think, yesterday. This I think it was more the shaft most than to the minute podcast. He does we've do ever full recorded, frontal and in a we're different talking film, about the top but... news story of two months ago. What was yeah. that? Killian he Murphy does Balls? do full shaft? frontal in a different film, but I think it was more shaft really? in this one. Mm-hmm. And what I was movie would attention. that be? Inquiring um, minds. What I websites could... exactly stream this film? Let's see. You don't have to look up where does Killian Murphy look up... hang down. <laughs> I'm looking up it'll Killian Murphy ball probably. sack and seeing what And it it'll say Oppenheimer. I'm sure of it. It was 28 days later. 28 days. 28, 28 days, days later? Uh, I think it was actually in 28 days where he, yeah. 28 okay. days you see some sh- some balls. Well, welcome to End of the Time Knife, everybody. Steven, Maybe it's been later. a moment since we've gotten together in this, in this forum to talk about The Good Place mm-hmm. uh, because you've been sick. We didn't record on Monday. I've been a little Monday. sicky boy. So it's been not quite two weeks, but over a week and a half since we've done one of these. Yeah. How do you feel? Did that affect you at all? Do you feel like you got some distance from the good place and it affected how you looked at this episode or what? You know, it's one of the rare times where I get to see the episode twice in one week before recording. I usually watch once the night before because I do retain information like you flex sealed my brain. Mm -hmm. Smack it on to keep the information in. But because I had some extra days, I got to watch the episode again with uh, Don't Cough. Don't Cough when I'm talking. I'll edit it out. Don't Cough when it I'm talking. It never happened. I got to watch it twice, uh, which mm. was good because, you know, I, I feel like normally I'm watching and I'm getting my questions. You know, this time I just got to watch and laugh and enjoy and really think about my review portion of, of this week so I can really lock in. 
Well, how are you feeling at this hour health-wise? You, It's been touch and go. We weren't sure if he was going to make it. Both of us have almost died today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right now I'm doing okay. Today's definitely the best I've felt, which is mm-hmm. good. Um, I do have some water nearby and some tissues. for Unrelated. I, yeah, unrelated. Um, I said tissues. tissues. It's a roll of toilet paper. But, you know, uh, just in case the, the need arises to use either of those for any sort of purpose. That happens in my household, too. They'll ask for tissues when they know damn well that we only keep one paper good in the house at a time. We either have paper towel or toilet toilet paper paper. or napkins, and it's usually not the one you need at any given time. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Is there anything you wanted to touch on before we touch on the show we're here to talk about? Uh, yeah, I'll talk about... I've been watching a few different things, but... Why did I feel like that was against me? That felt defensive. Yeah! I have a couple things I want to touch on. Uh-huh. <laughs> so surprisingly, Zach, for once, it's not you. Hey, yo. I do like to touch Zach. He's very soft. <laughs> in all the wrong places. <laughs> and hard what as place? a diamond in, in all the all the other wrong ones. I know you're just riffing, but I'm not sure how to take what you're saying about me right now. Yeah. Like, he's got, like, a, a rock-hard, like, elbow, but a super soft shoulder. You know what I mean? No. It's okay. You'll touch yourself later. You'll figure it out. Lil knows what I'm talking about. I can't see the chat, but I know they're they're agreeing with me. I sense it in my heart. <laughs> but I have been watching a few different things this week in my time. At, uh, to quote Lindsay Lohan in her online shopping commercial when she was on house arrest, I've been spending a lot of time at home lately. And because of that, <laughs> real thing. Check it out. Look it up on YouTube. I hope Lindsay's doing well. Uh, really she was do. in a Netflix original movie that was really bad, but was really fun to watch. With Glee's Cord Overstreet, Steve. Yeah. Did you know this? Cord Overstreet. Come on. Is his name Cord? Like C-H? Yeah, it's Cord Overstreet. He was Sam Evans on hit Fox program Glee. Let's please, let's talk Wait, about Wait, Sam Glee. with the big mouth? Yeah, that's Sam. Cord was he Overstreet. That? He was Cord that guy. I think Overstreet. I did bring that up. Cord to, Overstreet. Uh... Lil and I just started watching Glee, so... That's big how's news that for our house. We watched the first two episodes. How did Lil, How's Lil enjoying it? I think the first episodes are good. Yeah, I'll I speak like for both of us. The first two episodes of Glee are great. Mm-hmm. It's when it was a good show for a second because it was before they started selling songs on iTunes, and uh, it was actually like about a small high school Glee sure. club and, and how as somebody high school who would is buy like purgatory. Mm-hmm. The episode albums every week <laughs> on iTunes. I I remember that shift. Um, oh, but I've been watching an anime that from last year called mm-hmm. Ranking of Kings that is kind of uh, interesting because the kind main character in the show is deaf and can't speak. So right. they actually use Japanese sign language a lot in the show. And it's interesting, you know, different characters, you know, either a character will be signing directly to him or somebody will be sign language interpreting for mm. someone that's speaking to him. And you see, like, one character that, like, was supposed to be his, like, sword teacher or whatever was, like, practicing sign language so they could communicate. It's it's really cool. And is there are a couple emotional moments. But Animated really quickly, the movements, the hands. Is it animated quickly? No. That'd be so cool to see. They're, like, well, Very slow. It's slow. He's, like, a child. And he is like very young so they're not like going super fast but all Mm. the movements are like with the speed of the speech but they're just lagging slightly behind whatever the person is saying which is i think a nice touch of accuracy that i like because like you couldn't sign the same speed as the person speaking because they're speaking like you have to interpret so it comes slightly after and so i like that there's like a slight delay in the things but it's interesting i I would be interested for somebody who's 
more well versed than I am in American Sign Language sure. uh, to watch it and see the similarities because Danny was really interested in that to see how like similar it was. But good show, great music, really cool story. Brief synopsis: There's like this really powerful king, and he has a baby, but the baby's like cursed to never grow any stronger, or, like grow, and so he's like deaf and can't speak, and like so he can't, can't become a little muscle. buff boy. Exactly. He's cursed. And the then the, the the little baby's mom dies, and the king remarries, and then she has a son that's like super gifted, and then like the king dies, and the 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 little buff baby is supposed to be the king, but then they're like, well, we're gonna give it to your brother instead because he can like hear, and that's you know. It's interesting. But Let's it's talk really about the good place. Sure, well, tell you me don't what care it's called about the hearing impaired. No. Ranking of Kings. <laughs> Ranking of Kings, what does that have to do with what it's about? Uh, because they, in this show, have, like, every king in the world is ranked, and the number one king gets to, like, basically get a gift from God. What's the gift? Like a subscription to Paramount Plus or something? <laughs> AOL Blast. AOL Blast, great. <laughs> Lifetime Better. subscription. Today we're talking about The Good Place, not ranking of king, not pair of kings, Disney XD's own I pair remember of that kings. show. We're I talking about The Good Place, season three, episode four, and Steven doesn't have anything to say about that. Episode Was four. Was that Mitchell Musso? Three, episode four, <laughs> yeah. Until he well, got arrested, which he just got arrested again. Did you see that? Oh, I didn't see that he got Topical arrested today. again. He got arrested again, I think, for refusing to pay for like uh, a convenience item at a hotel, like a it. drink or snack or something. You're not going to charge me for the yeah. eight Red Bulls I took. I'm the Oliver Oaken. Did you see <laughs> Pair of Kings? Google me. Don't Google that. Don't Google oh. that. Google this. <laughs> We're talking about The Good Place. It's season three, episode four. It's chapter 30, The Snowplow. three, episode three, The Snowplow. Chapter 30. We can agree on chapter 30. We can agree on 30. chapter 30. Give me 30. Yeah. Chapter 30, The Snowplow. This episode was directed by Beth McCarthy Miller, who previously directed the episodes Tahani Al-Jamil, Existential Crisis, and in the future directs the episodes A Fractured Inheritance, Employee of the Barami, and Help as Other People. I think those are all this season, maybe. Maybe one of those is next season. Maybe. Don't know. This episode was written. We like the existential crisis quite a bit. It's one of yeah, our existential... collective faves. Existential crisis was our number one episode from season one. I think both of us doubt it. Why? Because it was dance dance resolution. Season one. Season one. Is oh, existential shit. crisis season two. Fuck. Maybe I think I'm thinking of the eternal shriek. Whatever you are. It's been uh, nine days instead of seven, so we're allowed to get stuff wrong. Mm-hmm. This episode is written by Joe Mandy. He previously wrote Jason Mendoza, Everything is Great Part 2, and The Burrito with Megan Amram. And in the future, he writes Cheaty Sees the Time Knife, a very important Hey-o. episode, with Christopher Ensel. And he writes Employee of the Bear Me. Heyo. And he's a cast member on the show in season four, which is really cool. Oh, really? Is he one of the... I, one of the new people? humans. We've talked about this before. I think he's like the really asshole douchey guy. One. Nice. And this episode of The Good Place originally aired on October 11th, 2018. And it's time for one of my favorite segments of the week where we talk about the movies and albums that were at the tippy top of the charts on that day, October 11th, 2018. This mm-hmm. is going to be fun because the number one movie in theaters I definitely saw in the theater and the number one album, you probably, I would assume, know like all the words to this album. Wow. October 11th, 2018. The number one movie... This is a superhero offshoot movie that was not allowed to have the superhero movie in it because of copyright. Oh, hey. Oh, wait. With the Eminem theme song that's just awful. 2018. There's been a yeah, sequel to this. Yeah, was this Venom? 
This was Venom. There's more that rhymes with Venom than you would think, but not yeah. enough. Tom Hardy. Yeah, Tom Hardy. And then I like the second Tom Hardy. One, which I didn't see had Woody Harrelson as the bad guy. Really? Yeah. Didn't see that one. Me either. Uh, then Venom. Okay, the number one movie this week was Venom. Mm-hmm. And the album side would know all the words What do you think the critics and audience on Rotten Tomatoes oh, thought of Venom? What do you think the critics Did people like Venom? Venom? I don't know if people Well, that's up Venom. to you to decide. We can talk after. We can talk turkey after you guess. Critics. I honestly have no fucking clue how Venom was received because I've never talked about this movie with anyone ever. So I'm going to say... A, I don't think anyone ever has... Yeah, <laughs> I feel like a lot of people saw What's it, it and then of? just didn't What's speak it about out of? <laughs> it's Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, shit. Critics score. 71. 71 for mm-hmm. Venom is yeah. massively high. Ah, 42. That's even way too high. Shit. 30% from the critics 30. On, on Rotten Ooh. Tomatoes. 30 for Venom. What do you think the critics audience divide is? What do you think? People liked superhero movies more in 2018 than they do right now, I think. Well, people like Tom Hardy. People like Tom Hardy. He's what do you think at. people thought on Rotten Tomatoes? Covered the audience. Black goo. For Venom. What do you think Somebody's Venom? Somebody's got to be into that. 41. Audience. Way higher. Really? 62. Way higher. Like closer to what I said the first time? Yes. Holy shit, 74. Higher. 81. <laughs> lower it's 80 percent. the audience 80%. on Rotten tomatoes says 80 percent to venom the number one album this week like i teased you know this album very very well do you have any guesses before i give you any hint well i'm gonna give you okay. a very vague hint now thinking about 2018 what i was doing at the time <laughs> october 2018 Couldn't i had moved here which means that it is an album I was listening to a lot at the time, yes. which tells me that, let's see, when I first moved to Chicago, I was listening to a lot of Denzel Curry. I was listening to a lot of Jay-Z. I love a good Denzel Curry. Delicious. <laughs> a little spicy. I was listening to a lot of Jid at the time. Jake Cole's always in rotation. Like, give, give me a little hint. Toss me a little cracker. I'm going to give you two words. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is going to take you there or not. Your hint is Thug Life. Thug Life. Wow. Hmm. Didn't help you, did it? If anything, it put me further from... The number one album this week was by Brockhampton. Oh, shit! Iridescence, which features the song Thug Life. Nice. And you didn't get it. I didn't. I saw them in concert like 20 days after this album, after this day in history. Iridescence is probably their worst album, but actually that's not true. Their last shit was bad. The like very last (laughs) things they dropped were not good. But I still figured you would know this well enough. I would, yeah. Come, I do know most of the words on Iridescence. Let's talk about what people thought about Iridescence. Wow, Brockhampton had a number one album. Good for them. Number one, Iridescence. Outside of their like post breakup stuff that they released, you say this is probably their worst album. Uh What do you think? Pitchfork out of ten to the tenth. What do you think? Pitchfork gave Iridescence. 7.4. 7.4. Lower. 5.2. Higher. It's a 6.6 out of 10. That's fair. I think that's a pretty fair rating. Rate your music goes to the 100th, also mm. out of 10. Um, what do you think they gave this one? 5.85. It's a little higher. 6.14. <laughs> a 6.46. Pretty close to Okay, pretty close. Music. People kind yeah, of agree. It's a fine. It's fine. I feel like that's a little higher than mid, but it's a little below great. Yeah. And considering their first three major 
releases mm-hmm. were really good and their mm-hmm. album after this was really good mm-hmm. then it, it stands out as as the worst even though it's not bad because Brockhampton just in general is pretty good the next thing we're going to do now that we've done that is one of my favorite parts of the week mm-hmm. and you've got people watching you live as we do it so yeah. the pressure's on what do you think for this week as you we know... dive into our favorite segment of the week did Steven watch the episode this week going on oh you mitch mcconnell yourself oh shit you got me oh all right senator you okay okay why don't we get the muscle man over here too and we'll try to get you to leave this podium come on (laughs) jethro i can't wait help me grab senator baker someone just headlock him and drag him away that's a good one you got me he does it yeah. More got me. I was trying silence. to get something Everybody's, clever, and I think that's what Mitch. Favorite. I think I get it now. I think I get how he ends up there. You think of, you try and think of something clever on the spot in front of people, and you just freeze. Did you see the concept of death in the distance? <laughs> Several you, every second of every day. Okay, you've got twenty seconds on the clock to tell us everything that happened in chapter thirty, the snowplow. You've yeah, seen this the is episode a thick episode. Time. This covers fair, like well, it covers a lot of six time. months, nine months, more yeah. than I think it covers a year. Wow. How are you feeling? What do you think? Do you think you've got it? I don't know, man. All right. There's a lot to talk about in this episode. <laughs> well, let's see if he's going to send out best. a good grade or if he's going to McConnell himself once again. <laughs> you've got 20 seconds on the clock. I'm going to count you in. Are you ready? Yeah. All right, let's do this. Three, two, one, go. Janet and Michael are in the real world. They don't have powers. They want to keep an eye on the study groups. They install cameras. Um, Three months goes by and the study group is growing, improving. They decide they need to intervene because Eleanor's out of money. They help her win the money. Then they intervene for Jason and Tahani, uh, really everyone other than Chidi, just to make sure that they stay in the group and keep going forward. Then Tahani and the Hemsworth get engaged and they're going to move to England and Eleanor doesn't want that to happen. Nah. (laughs) Nope. You missed a lot. You missed a lot of it. And you said Chidi didn't get anything. He got new sweater vests. That wasn't in my episode. That's not nothing. I watched I don't it twice. Be- yeah. I, don't, I don't know if I believe you. We'll get there when we get there. We'll they didn't talk about Cheaty for shit in this episode. We'll see. I'll tell you what I got, and maybe you'll be like, oh, yeah, they did say that. Because that mm-hmm. has happened before. Usually. It's usually someone else telling me mm-hmm. that was definitely in the episode. I'm like, this Ooh. is an episode that I feel like it's really important to get to the ending, but there's a lot of stuff to do to get there. Yeah, I knew I wasn't. But the episode, um, I would have really important. liked to get something about Eleanor making a scene at the party and then apologizing. Yeah, almost got there. Um, Spent too much time with the Hemsworth. You didn't even get to him until you only had like four or five seconds left. Yeah. Which I, I think you spent a little bit m- too much time on... The snow plowing? I don't know. I think you could have just said, yeah, they're snow plowing and they're giving everyone help, but then it gets... the. I think you could have streamlined it. I think that was a C+. Plus. Okay, I'll take it. Borderline B minus, but it's going to be a C plus. Let's see how we do on trivia this week. I thought I came up with some fun trivia questions. Oh, trivia. Quite a I don't even know if I remember the answers to my own questions. Do you not write them down? Imagine I didn't. Wouldn't that be fucking nuts? That yeah, would I write That would be really it. funny if you've just been doing it on memory. And when you're yeah. fighting me on if I got the wording right or not, you don't know. You're just guessing. <laughs> I've got eight questions for you today. I've got Mr. ten Baker. this week, so I'm going to go first. Do it. How long was the judge? How? Sorry. Wow. Ooh. Mm, told a joke wrong. Uh, well, how long ago people. was the judge this angry? This is the most angry she's ever been in her entire life, and that was all time. 
Is that good enough? Is that what? Sure, I'll take it. it? So is she's never been this angry before. Never so, been yeah. this angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I'll take it. You cool. You you got it. Where do Michael and Janet set up an office? In the journalism department. Journalism Good floor, job. Journalism room. Something. Which ca- Wow, I was a real asshole. Great Sickly us. a week ago. Uh, what camera caught Eleanor farting? <sighs> There's a camera number. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I'll guess I must have been sick and goddamn four? grumpy. Uh, eight. <laughs> Zach's going to suffer for making me talk tomorrow <laughs> morning. The next morning. Can't do it. What was that? Eight? Number eight? Eight. Okay, my next one for you. What are Eleanor's two main skills? Oh, this was funny. I liked this. Telemarketing and being able to tell how long something should be in the microwave without reading the box. Good job. Mm -hmm. Correct. Um, What does Jason say smells bad? Eleanor's chair. Eleanor's chair. Yeah, you got it. I'm sorry, whose chair? (laughs) Eleanor's chair. (laughs) How much did Eleanor win in the lottery? 18,000. Good job. Oh, better luck next time. <laughs> that was really funny. What does Simone want everyone to say for the picture? Oh, my God. I don't know because I'm way closer to the Jason scale. I heard it and it went right out my other ear. The first word starts with a V. Right? Yeah, it does. That's all I can tell you. No, you'll tell me and I'll remember it. Without actively reading it, which is a feat in its own. Ventromedial frontal cortex. Isn't really about you, but good job. Ventromedial prefrontal cortex. cortex. See, I even so messed really it, up. it up. How tall is Larry? Oh, Larry Hemsworth. Um, six four. <laughs> yes, six four. Yeah. <laughs> Dumb like a rock. Larry. Stop talking about rocks. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love Larry Hemsworth. I don't know if I agree, but okay. Wow, he's fine. You're just like mother. <laughs> What two bad activity one. trackers with tally marks can be seen at Michael and Janet's desk? So they have a bunch of sticky notes. Some of them are just phrases, but two of them are bad behaviors that have tally marks. No. Pass. Tahani looks in a mirror, and Jason uh-huh. mentions the Jaguars. All bad behavior, apparently. Okay, sure. What does Eleanor wear as underwear to Tahani's engagement party? Is this Hot, I don't know. It's a very funny line. Wish it were in my episode. They show up to the casual party, and Chidi says, I, they I guess they showed up they casual. Were. And Eleanor says, well, I didn't do my laundry, so I'm wearing half of a Moana Halloween costume from Kmart as underwear. That's terrific. That's not near episode. That no, was really I wish funny. it were. I'm like, into that. I love when they make jokes like that and decide to make it as specific as humanly possible. Yeah. We know that it's a costume, a Halloween costume. We know what Halloween costume, and we know where she got it from. I think that's a perfect joke. I think that's really funny. That should have been in the episode. What is the scratch-off seller's name? Oh, shit. Is that one Montgomery, or is that the bar guy? That's that the, bar the bar guy. guy. I don't know, then. What's his name? Ken. <laughs> he is and He is Kenuff. What hors d'oeuvre does Janet serve to Larry Hemsworth? Oh, know, right? it's some kind of like Vegemite deviled egg uh-huh. thing. Mm, but I don't Vegemite, know exactly. I wrote down. I didn't know how to spell it, so I forget how they said it. Now I wrote out canopy, but they said it like uh, Vegemite canapé or something. Yeah, like they that. did. I don't know what that means. It looked like a little pastry to me. It looked like, like it. maybe I in my mind deviled eggs were always on a dish, but yeah, it's Vegemite something. But I have won't you ever had Vegemite up. or a Marmite? And is there much of a difference between the two, or is it just one's Australian, one's UK? I think there is I a think difference. Marmite's UK. I don't know what the difference is. I know Vegemite is is Australian. Australia. Maybe a Vegemite sandwich. Have you ever had either? No, but on roll for sandwich, he's used both, and I don't think he cared for the Marmite. 
We should do that for uh, pre-show sometime. We should both yeah, we should. get a container of each and like have it on toast and see That'd what it's fun. like. I, for whatever reason, I expect it to taste like earwax. Mm. What does earwax taste like? Not good. You know, mm. you come on. You've never taken a taste. Maybe as a kid, I ate some boogers. That's but what I'm never saying. I feel wax. like there was a time when I was a kid when I like picked at my ear and then sucked on my finger as mm. a kid. Okay. I'm like an aggressive Q-tip. You're the guy who ears, never so. washed his hands. You told us last week you've <laughs> never washed. But my your ears hands. were Q-tipped as fuck, and my nails were clipped. How much money? Oh, you asked that 20 minutes ago. Let's hear it, Eleanor. On the yeah. thing, eighteen thousand. Yeah, twenty-six thousand. Twenty-six. Are you gonna take another 000. one? Go ahead and give me another. Uh, what player did Tahani date? This is testing your pop culture knowledge. I don't know. I wrote down. In my notes that the Giselle thing does not give away who they're talking about to me. You're fucking kidding. I'm absolutely not. I have no idea who Giselle is. I have no idea what sport they're talking about or who. Danny nope. even knew who it was. Okay. Tom Brady is who was formerly married to okay, Giselle. Okay, I know Bunchen who that is. Now, if the divorced. question had been, oh, it's the guy who everyone was 80 for, I would have known that. <laughs> 80 for Brady. What side of her body can Eleanor have spray tanned for free? Left, but she gestures to her right side. Well, that might just be like in the camera trick or a mirrored image or something. They're filming it mirrored? I don't know. I'd be furious if I found that out. (laughs) I don't know if they film it mirrored, but I think maybe the camera has a mirroring effect. Maybe. I don't know. I don't make shows. I just talk about them. (laughs) Is it my turn? It's your turn. I don't think cameras do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we need you to do this backwards. <laughs> cameras can flip it. What is Larry Hemsworth's job? Well, I know that specifically he works on children's spines. I don't mm-hmm. remember what the what the title is. I don't know. The children's spine doctor. I don't want to give that to you, but okay. I guess technically that is one thing that he would. He's a pediatric surgeon. Oh, okay, sure. I think you should give it to me. Uh, what fake <laughs> British holiday does Eleanor make up? That was my last question. St. Plupington's Day. <laughs> and a happy St. Plupington's Day to us all. That's my USA, trivia. We did it. USA. USA. Let's talk about the episode. We've been tepid on season three so far. I'm so ready for an episode to get me into it. And I can't say that I'm 100% there yet, but this episode does turn the meter up quite a bit to like 65%. Yeah. For me, I'll, I'll 70% maybe even. It's especially the ending which they're they're setting up so much in that ending that would yeah. continue on for several episodes as they always do. And stuff that I wouldn't have minded watching, just Michael and Janet getting worse and worse at trying to keep these people together. But instead, no, they rip the entire band-aid off and they just straight up see the magical portal mm-hmm. because Michael and Janet are so focused on them that they lose track of them talking about what they're going to do about it. I think that works really well. As far as the episode as a whole, some of the time that we spend on what the study group is doing over the year doesn't do as much for me. It's kind of more like last week's episode in that case, especially the Tahani and Larry Hemsworth stuff. I think Larry Hemsworth is a funnier joke when we hear about him than when we actually see him, Mm. unless they were able to get a cameo from an actual Hemsworth brother. Yeah, that's fair. And Uh, there's a little bit too much of him in this episode, I think. And that plot for an episode that ends the way it does, it feels a little bit time wasted on that for me. I think that the joke of Larry Hemsworth is funny. I think that the scenes where someone brings up one of the other Hemsworths, I think that's funny. They're good jokes. 
I like when he's like, I can't even have like one day where I'm the special one. That was funny. I like the joke where he's like, oh, mom always said I'd be the chubby one. I think that's funny. I like when he's talking about how off-putting he is and the Mm -hmm. study group is like, he's the most amazing person I've ever seen. Yeah. I don't love Larry Hemsworth, but I like Larry Hemsworth. Okay. Well, nobody loves Larry Hemsworth. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'll talk about a really funny joke that Jason says that is doubly funny later, but we'll get there. Okay. Let's talk it through. The episode starts immediately after the last one, where Michael and Janet rush through the door to Earth as the portal closes behind them. They do a good job of keeping up the tension of the Mm -hmm. last moment of the previous episode. I remember being pretty into this development when the season first aired. Feeling still kind of like time-wasty about when they spend time on Earth, but this idea of... Michael and Janet, again, have ultimately crossed the line, and they've stolen the key, they went through the portal to Earth, they cut off their their communication with the other side, as far as we know, until the key starts ringing in a second. It's a really big moment, and I think they pick it up right after then. It's this big, intense moment. They rush through the door, the portal closes, and Michael says, okay, well, that was an insane thing for us to do, and they kind of decompress, and they start talking, and Michael says, we have the key, so we're good, and then the key starts starts ringing like it's a telephone. <laughs> I like this little bit where like they're trying to I don't know like decline the call or something yeah. and they don't really know what to do with this magical key so it just pops up a screen in, behind them of Maya Rudolph as the judge we get a moment for her and she has her line I have never been this angry in my life which is the age of the universe which is really funny and Michael I think Michael has some of his best moments of the season in this episode so far. He still Mm. does some bad behavior, but I like when he conveys to people like the judge and then later on to Janet why this is so important. It obviously is crazy, but you believe him. You believe his conviction. And that's what he does here. He tells the judge, like, I understand why you're so angry and I understand why this is the way that it is. But these humans are more important than anything to me and Saving their souls is more important than anything, and I'm going to stay here until I fix this, until I get them to the good place, and then I'll come back. And the judge has her, oh, and when you come back, oh, the stuff I'm going to do to you, (laughs) I'm going to destroy you. And then Michael does the annoying thing that every show does. Oh, sorry, can't hear you. Going through a tunnel. Does that work in real life? Have you ever done that genuinely to get out of a phone conversation? Yes, and it does work. Not the tunnel, because there aren't that many tunnels, but yeah. I do. More tunnels do the, in Chicago oh. than around here? Sure. What do you say? What's your trick? Nobody's listening that you use this trick on him, unless it's me. <laughs> Ooh, sorry. Real sick. Can't record. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have two things that I do. It's either... I'm sorry. I think you're you're breaking up really bad. The connection is is not... I like. I can't... I missed like everything you're you said the last 15 seconds. such a piece of shit. <laughs> Have you ever pulled that shit on me? No. I it's over. And I don't do it at the beginning. Like, it's got to be like 45 minutes into a conversation I don't want to be a part of. Oh, I well, it. I would never let myself be on a phone conversation for yeah. more than three to five minutes. I was on a 50-minute phone call with my mom this morning. That was It was oh, fine. It was a good one. It was, sure. it was nice. That phone. could good, never be me. Things. Yeah. I couldn't talk to I don't know what you would do with 50 person. minutes with Connie. Yeah. You'd be like, okay, got to go. Um, but the other <laughs> one I do is I really have to go to the bathroom. Can I call you later? Uh-huh. That's a good one. Yeah. Because then Sorry, I never call shit. That. Talk to you later. Yeah. I can yak while I <gasps> think if you want. <laughs> oh, 
I like shit. the judge's last bit here when they're trying to do the, oh, can't hear you, bad connection. That's impossible. It's a magic key, you <laughs> dick. <laughs> yeah. An NBC really show peppering in some of those kind of edgy words they like dick, dick twice even though it's episode. not that edgy. And I think that's good. funny. It works mm-hmm. for me. Because dick is like on the edge enough because you wouldn't say it to somebody like just messing around the same way but it's not vulgar enough that they can't say but it, it is TV, like a, a slightly more vulgar word for a penis it, yeah it em- embodies a penis it, it brings a penis to well the and mind. they don't use it in the phallic way and i don't yeah. think they could get away with using it the phallic way right of course they couldn't but it's the same word yeah can you say cock on tv not talking about a well penis, right i think you could say like cock of the walk or cocky cocky yeah but I don't think you could say, look at this monster cock. That's Ted, That's my Ted Danson impression. <laughs> hey, Janet, look at this cock. I don't think they could say that. I don't think they could ask respected Ted Danson Some to do that. Some pretty fantastic on, fan fiction television. Just like material laying around. I've got here. more if you want to hear it. Uh, yeah, I'd be into it. My scribble pad's in the in the abode, so I'd have to I'd have to leave and come back. So I won't do it now, but my, my Michael X Janet volumes are Okay, large. now a, a good place porn parody. Would it be called... Oh. Good place, triple X. Would it be uh, called hmm. the really good place, or would it be called the clitoral hood place? <laughs> um, I don't think it would be any of those, but I don't have a better one, so I'll go with clitoral hood. That, that nice. was a good, quick, good rhyme. You did a good Thank job you. with that. Thanks. I don't know. The good pork comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Hey, write us in. <laughs> we did it. We did it. Write us in. Write us in. Oh, what, what? I wonder if there Please is Please describe in great detail. And who has your... sex with who? They probably just all have sex with each other. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it'd be one of those like two hour deals where like there's like five or six scenes. You've seen you some know, of these Different before. combinations. The last one's just a big old nut shot with everybody. I've seen the Scrubs one. Oh, is that good? The Deadpool one's kind of funny. couldn't tell you. That's more recent, huh? I think it was like. When did Deadpool come out? 2015? Mm. <laughs> it was like pretty uh, soon after the you first might be movie. Right. Yeah. Anyway, Michael and Janet, they're near Chidi's school, and they find that the entire journalism department is empty, so they set up a little office there. And Michael's bad for the world. Good for us. But I don't know. Is that that bad? A lot of shitty journalists out there right now. Why do we need a journalist? We've got a Twitter feed. Sorry. That's a, my journalist. A zeed. Zitter zeed. Yeah. That's what you're supposed to call it now. So they set up their little thing, and since they don't have any powers, they have to find a way to monitor the group and keep them intact without using uh, otherworldly magic or abilities. Janet can't track their point totals, but she did install a bunch of cameras and microphones everywhere they go. Let's get peeping. (laughs) This is one of the things that if I wanted to poke at, well, how did they get all these cameras? Because I like that later they show us how they got the winning lottery ticket, how they got the money. They don't show us how they did some of the stuff, and you just kind of have to go with it. and maybe we're left to assume that's how they get all the money, but they just got there. So I don't really yeah. see that. Let's get peeping. Meanwhile, and I think this is a really great way to transition from them to the humans, what they're doing in the beginning of the episode. Because Janet starts to talk about how Eleanor farted and she's lying to make it look like it was mm-hmm. her chair and not her. And one of them says, that'll cost at least a few points. Cut to now we're with the humans and Eleanor's like, there's like a bolt missing or something. I don't know. When they show her farting next... I think that that is one of the best TV fart sounds I've ever heard because it like sounded I like a real close toot. attention to the fart. I did both times I watched it. I was neck deep in that fart to make sure that it didn't sound cartoonish, and it sounded. I could pretty press good. this further. I'm not going to. I could. I don't have a thing about it, but I was curious. Kind of seems like you have a thing about it. I don't 
don't know. You never know. I haven't tried it. You said you were what? Neck deep in it? Neck deep. I don't think someone who doesn't have a thing about it would say that. <laughs> well, I don't. You don't know that I'm coming from here or. <laughs> Chidi explains why Trevor's left. <laughs> Before we begin. Trevor is dropping out of the study. He sent me an email last night. I'm sad to inform you that I am too ugly and stupid to be in the study, and I'm going home to my mommy. That was me. I wrote that email. That's too bad, but we press on. What I don't like, because I think about TV this way, Mm -hmm. Trevor was set up to be this big thing. And, like, the big, like, I'll be here as long as it takes, and no matter what you do, I won't leave. And, sure, he had to leave because of the judge and all that, but I just thought it was a little bit too easy, right off of we didn't have Adam Scott for two episodes this season. We just had him for one. I know that the judge flicked him into the void, but I wouldn't have minded seeing him. It just seems very much like he's gone now. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I think that's for the best, personally. I didn't need him to be a main character, but I would have liked something just a little bit more, I think. I didn't want another episode of him being around. He didn't need way. to be, but he could have been in a similar capacity as the judge is in this episode. Okay, yeah. Because he was sure. just so hell-bent on no matter what happens, no matter what you do. Michael and Janet have found a way to get back on Earth. Mm-hmm. What's Trevor doing? He's still zooming. I know. But I think it would have been just... funny if when the judge is talking, you see Trevor like zoom past That would background. be funny, but that I take. think he would be like at least trying to come up with an idea of what he could do because of how hellbent he was on involving himself. Well, yeah, and he doesn't want to deal with Sean. getting to the judge and trying to get the key, but realizing it's gone. I don't know. I would have liked Mm -hmm. something. Whatever. So Trevor's gone, and Chidi says, we press on to stage two where they're going to learn new philosophy concepts, and then they'll talk about how that affects their lives, how it changes their everyday life once they learn these things and Eleanor <laughs> she farts again and she doubles down on that the chair is the the problem not her and Jason says your chair smells bad see another person who agrees <laughs> it's the chair and that's what cuts to the theme song I like sequence. to really watch uh, Simone's face during that scene in the back because she's like very she's clearly not... seeing what's happening yeah Here she's yet. sitting on a couch behind them so then after the theme song when she walks in with the cupcakes that's a different time it's a different time because they okay, do cause... a thing first Right after the theme sequence, Simone walks into the room with cupcakes. The funding from the neuroscience department came through. And I really like Jason here. And you blew it all on cupcakes? That's exactly what I would have done. Great job. Was that in yours? Yeah, I liked that. I thought that was really funny. Mm-hmm. Eleanor goes on a whole tiff about how she doesn't like to engage with these types of things like coworker birthdays she said that before and that mm-hmm. she declines the cupcakes and Simone always being the best small part of any episode she's in she says cool stance counterpoint these are delicious free cupcakes get over yourself and eat one fine I which love is that. so the right opinion that's great obviously if Eleanor's like I don't eat cupcakes that's a good reason mm-hmm. not to take a cupcake at a work function but to be like I don't take cupcakes so I don't ever have to be anyone's friend it's like shut up <laughs> yeah cupcake. you're already our friend <laughs> so they take a group photo which I think is a cute moment and then mm-hmm. as the time passes through the episode coming back to this group photo at the end from when they were deep in their study I think is a really nice bridge through yeah. the episode that spans so much time and they say what Simone says, say, you don't know Something anymore? You said it prefrontal cortex. 15 yeah. minutes ago. Yeah, it's gone. In and out. Ventromedial <laughs> prefrontal cortex. Jaguar's rule. Jaguar's rule. <laughs> Jason like tries for a second almost to say the right thing and then, no, Jaguar's rule. <laughs> and that's when we get the first time passing sequence. I like the way that they do the four little pictures. I do too. And show us how much time. I like the music that they use. I like what we see everyone doing. I thought in this first one, Eleanor has like a weird head 
thing. Yeah, on. with like a bunch of little wires coming out of I it. I thought that was silly. And it's three months later, where Chidi and Eleanor are discussing how the last months have been great. And Eleanor talks about this being the only time she's had fun in school since she made out in the janitor's closet. But oh, that one wasn't on, in my episode. She goes on to say, I guess it wasn't at school because it was his home, which I think Yikes. implies that she was making out with the janitor. And then she says, but don't worry, I was in college and he was hot. Yeah, no, not in mine at all. They, I can see why NBC they cut, cut that, that one out. Yeah. It was one of the bits that was like, I don't know that that's that funny. So uh, they made the right choice mm-hmm. maybe to cut that out. She's been in Australia a long while now is the point. She's been here longer than she thought she would, and she's broke as fuck. This episode a couple of times does things that I think Community, the show we talked about before mm-hmm. this that we love so much, never would have done. Stuff mm-hmm. like how did they get the money? Uh, yeah. They've been here for a long time and it, they're starting to get broke. There's there's another thing later that I'll bring up that reminded mm-hmm. me of The Good Place is a good show. And even though it's about this otherworldly stuff, they remember, well, these people are on Earth right now. And they all yeah. changed lifestyles to move to Australia. And Tahani can do that. But what are Jason and Eleanor doing? I think that's a really good question to ask in an episode like this with the little bit of time they have to spend on something like it. It does a lot for me as a mm-hmm. person who likes to fact check a TV show. It yeah. shows that they really put in the extra Thumbs up. Effort. So Michael then in their office thinks that Eleanor getting a job will slow down her progress and they decide together, well, Michael kind of pushes, that maybe she should just find some money. Not too much, not enough to get lazy, not enough to open a Senior Frogs franchise in Cancun. Did yours have oh, that? No. No? It's like this, we give her some money, but it has to be just enough for her to pay her stuff. Not enough for her to go crazy and do what she's always wanted to do, which is open up a Senior Frogs franchise in Cancun. <laughs> but That's enough for funny. her to pay her rent and to stay here. Then he mentions the snowplow. This is their snowplow to create a path for her so she can more easily drive along the road of improvement. It's a good line. Yeah, I like that. Michael, more so in this episode than the last couple episodes, has this conviction and sounds a little bit less crazy when he explains himself why he's doing things. But he's so blinded by it that he makes some really poor decisions later, which we'll get to. So they're going to have Eleanor find some money. So Janet, they're in a convenience store and she uses this whole thing of she has all of the knowledge in the world up to the point that they came to Earth. So she knows where the winning lottery tickets are. I did find it a little... (sighs) Not quite right. A little suspect that while they're in front of the guy, Janet leans over and says in plain volume, I know where all these the are printed are. beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> but I've also seen people do that shit. Absolutely. Yeah. I've seen people go to the lottery and be like, I get this and this and this and this. And then explain to me, well, I do this because my grandma was born on this day. And I do this mm-hmm. because I, and then I walk through the door three times before I buy any tickets. Have you ever won any money? Nope. <laughs> Not yet. So maybe the guy at the store thought Janet was just a crazy. Do you think that's yeah. what it is? Uh, probably. He's like, ah, this. That would have been a funny joke if this mentioned that. crikey American in here. Here's a funny joke. They do that and the guy doesn't mention anything. And you're like, well, why didn't he mention how weird that was? The next person comes up and they have like a, they're like tapping their shoulder six times. They're doing the same type of stuff. And that's why he didn't get weirded out by these weird people. What the hell? Is that in your episode or are you just making No, that I up? just made that up. I said that uh, would be a funny joke. That would be funny. Thank you. Should have been in my episode, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. So they get I don't the know one. Anymore. I forget what the number was. That would have been a good trivia question how many from the bottom was the yeah, winning lottery it was like ticket? good old 134th from the bottom from the something bottom like something like that and then they start to leave and she's like oh but wait the missing bathroom key you've been looking for is under the register and the woman you think is your aunt is actually, your, actually mom. your mom <laughs> she leaves <laughs> they could do that joke if they did the joke that i just pitched and that's funny mm-hmm. 
After that, Eleanor comes to class and she's just won this $18,000. I won $18,000. Wow, that's amazing. Better luck next time. Yes, sorry, from context, I see that is actually a large sum of money. <laughs> and Eleanor says here, so this must, was this in your episode? She says, hey, but guys, this is a lot of money. But if we raise a couple more thousand, we could open a senior frogs. No, in they mentioned it two or three times in the episode. <laughs> they cut out all the senior frogs jargon. So then the study continues and time passes again. Christmas approaches. That's something that this show could never do a Christmas episode. No. So it's cool that this season while they're on Earth, we see as time passes, they do spend a Christmas season together. Don't need a Christmas special of The Good Place. It's fun for me to see Janet and Michael in a room full of Christmas decorations. Mm -hmm. I like that. So it's Christmas time. S Simone asks Jason if he's okay because they're in the study and he bangs his head on the table like defiantly or like sad. He like, uh, and puts his head down on the table. He's like, what's going on? And it's because he's feeling really lonely here because there's a different zone of time, a different I really land. like that. See, he's like, it's almost like we're in, he's like, I've watched the Jaguars games by myself at 3 a.m. on Mondays. It's like we're in a different, I don't know, zone of time. No, that's stupid. Clockland. Clock <laughs> that's another extra detail if you want to look at what we're learning about Jason here. Yeah. That the show thinks, well, we've uprooted all these people to Australia. That's a different time. Jason's favorite thing is the Jaguars, and now he can't watch them when he's supposed mm -hmm. to. It's a cool thought to have. There, a lot of people complain about this season because there's a lot of really bad fake Australian accents because they still film the show in America. So yeah. I'm pretty sure even Simone, the actress who plays Simone, does She's not, not have an Australian, Australian accent. No. And there's a lot of fake Australian accents. And some of the tertiary characters have even worse ones. Mm -hmm. But I think better than some other shows would when they uproot all their characters to a different continent, they think about what that would do to a person. Yeah. And I like that. In other shows, it would just be that the scenery changes. Mm-hmm. Tahani, after Jason talks about being lonely, mentions that she'll watch the games with him and that she'll stay up late. And that's a really sweet moment. And Jason leaves and Eleanor instantly, why did you want to do that? Oh, I don't. I'm just really horny. <laughs> As you'd say in America, mad horny. I skipped the Giselle bit. That was before that, before Jason leaves. Mm -hmm. um, because he, what was it? Tahani used She's to like, oh. watch games with Giselle. I love football. I used to date a player, but then we weren't really good fit, so I set him up with my friend Giselle. Right. And it's like bunch of that and meant she's like, anything I get it. to me. Yeah, Tom Brady very famously, as most yes. of the popular culture Well, I think I speak for a good percentage. It can't be just me. I think everybody knows who Tom Brady is, but there's people who don't know who he was married to or what his personal life is. Write us in. There are dozens of us. <laughs> Giselle, dumb name anyway. Who's Where Giselle Bunchen? <laughs> the joke before Jason leaves that I really liked is Tahani says a couple times in this episode, she makes one of her statements and Eleanor says, we always get what you're saying. Mm -hmm. She's like, get it? And like, we always get it. That comes back later really successfully. So yeah. Jason leaves. Eleanor and Tahani have their little gore talk, have their little girl talk. And Tahani says, is the American say that she's mad horny? Mm -hmm. And Eleanor gets it. Yeah. Smash. Eleanor's such a good supportive friend. She's like, oh, yeah, he's dumb, but he's hot. I get it. Do your thing. Mm -hmm. We cut to Michael and Janet, and Michael is distressed by this. He always sees that Tahani and Jason hooking up is dangerous, but it happens almost every other time, and yeah. nothing bad really ever happens. It's always fine. 
Janet pretends that she's kind of hesitant about this, but when it comes to this, she is willing to meddle because of her feelings for Jason. So she's mm-hmm. like, okay, we'll do what you want to do. It's time to break out the snowplow again a couple months later. So we're going to find a companion for Tahani. That'll help. He also says we're going to get better computers so they can study faster. And Chidi's going to get some new sweater vests. That's not in your episode? No, it goes right from the better computers and Janet's like, well, if I'm at the mall anyway, I can get some jean shorts no. for Jason. They did cut out every mention of Chidi. And we're going to get Chidi some new sweater vests because Michael says, I've had enough of those drab earth tones. <laughs> yeah, they didn't talk about Cheaty for shit in this episode. And then, yeah, what you said, they talk about how Janet wants to get Jason some jean booty shorts mm-hmm. to make him study better. Yeah, well, you can see the little fringe in the bottom. Then we cut to a bar, and Tahani's having a drink by herself, and she runs into Larry Hemsworth, who just got a call about a jacket mm-hmm. that he had left there. We talked about Larry Hemsworth. He is the joke. That I think that's yeah. what it is. He's just the joke, and that's it. And he's in the shadow of his brothers and he feels so little because of it, but he's a pediatric surgeon who is super attractive and tall Mm -hmm. and beautiful and sculpted. But because his brothers are movie stars, he feels like (laughs) nothing. They make some good jokes about that. I really like this. It's just kind of, I don't know that the joke is funny enough for how much of him we get in this episode. He's in it. I like it. I think it's funny. He's surprised that Tahani remembers him, even though that they dated each other. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he goes on like with his, oh, you probably don't want to talk to me. I get it. I'm boring. But Tahani's pumped to see him. She's been lonely. She's been horny. And she <laughs> really liked him. Yeah. But after expressing that, she says, oh, and how are Chris, Liam, and Luke? But then after he responds negatively to that, they share a bond over not wanting to talk about their siblings. Like, I won't bring him up if you don't bring up my sister. And they have like an awkward laugh. I really like her line delivery when she's like, as long as you don't bring up my sister. It's like, it's really, <laughs> <laughs> it's like really through her teeth. It's really funny. Janet spies on them as a bartender and i like these moments where janet steps into a bar someone who works there is gonna be like why are you here yeah you can't just be here nobody really questioned it when she was a waitress did they no so it's nice to have that why are you here but she's on this trail of telling people long lost secrets that she knows about them (laughs) and tells montgomery the other bartender wyckoff Go find your ex-wife. You must show her your poetry. Go to her. She still loves you. <laughs> and he does, which no questions asked. Now she's the bartender. Sure. If someone After came that, up to you and like told like that you'd never met and was like, you're Zachary Pruitt. This person wants to hear from you. Reach out to them. You must. You must. <laughs> um, no. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> I probably would. We get later on, it's before class, and Tahani and Eleanor are talking about what Tahani did. Eleanor thinks that she hooked up with Jason. Says, you and Jason? Imagine that. I mean, I have. <laughs> but Tahani tells her, no, I ran into an ex, I ran into Larry, and says that this is the funny one that brings mm-hmm. the joke back. I was with an ex-boyfriend. I ran into him unexpectedly, and the reunion was a smashing success. Mm-hmm. It's a pun, you see. We had intercourse? Yeah, again, I always get it. That was really funny. <laughs> We had intercourse. Jason storms in when they mention him, and he's in full Jaguars body paint, just mm-hmm. full head to toe with like this afro on. He looks really silly. It's early in the day, and he just spent all night with the Australian Jaguar fans partying and getting drunk. He's wasted, and he's like, okay, I'm going to go throw up one more time, and then I'll be ready to study philosophy. <laughs> I like when he's like, oh, I got a message from the Australia chapter. It was great. And then me and two other guys had a great time. (laughs) That's probably about the same size as most of the chapters over here, too. (laughs) Janet says to Michael, That was a good football. Huh? That was a good football, Zach. I only know it because of television. (laughs) Everything I know about sports is from TV. 
That's probably true. I did play soccer as a child. I was on a coach's pitch baseball team. Hey-o. Got in trouble. I was like really, really young, like six or five, Mm -hmm. okay? And I got in trouble because I wouldn't stop sticking my hand down my pants while I was in the outfield. Nice. I don't remember what the reason was. It wasn't because, like, it was way before I had, like, yeah, any sure. You just thing. wanted to have your hand I in your I think I was playing a game <laughs> to myself ah. while I was standing there waiting for the the other thing to be over. Yeah. Well, because you're in the outfield, so it's not like a six year old's going to hit the ball that far. Like, it's not going well, more than six It's coach's feet. pitch, so they put the thing on the tee, and mm-hmm. you try to hit. No, no, no. The coach pitches the ball, and yeah. if you miss it three times, they bring the tee out, and then you hit it off the tee. And I loved when they brought the tee out, because I could just <laughs> you're whack like, Can we just that start thing? with that, actually? <laughs> Save us all the embarrassment. Save my dad the shame of watching me miss three times. Yeah. He did go to those. <laughs> Yeah, well, go to those. baseball. Janet says that this situation isn't perfect, but it's better than nothing, and we truck on to six months later. So now it's been a year. We celebrate Chidi's birthday, and in one of the other corners, we see Larry's reading a self-help book about you are enough or something. Mm-hmm. One of the photos in the fort. It is that. And Jason, we see him rocking his jean shorts that he got with the pockets poking out. It was really cute. I think this bit is low-key hilarious when... Mm-hmm. Someone says, literally every aspect of our lives have improved. And Chidi says, I don't know about every aspect. Superboard, activate. And this like <laughs> magic whiteboard starts going on. It's great. So clearly the snowplow has continued to plow. They've been getting all the money, all the resources, not just new computers, but this like AI system that runs their classroom. So Superboard activates, and then Tahani gets up to make an announcement. And Superboard is a great hype man. Like It gives all the things that you need for the announcement. And she lets them know that she's engaged to Larry Hemsworth. And does she drop here that they're planning on moving? Mm, not yet. Yes. She does say. Is it here? To England. Michael's really freaked out about this engagement announcement. And he and he's immediately, we're ceasing all snow plows. We can't help them anymore. And keeps Janet from delivering Blake Bertels to Jason, which is just a disgrace. <laughs> Blake so Bertels looks like a great gift. Jason and Janet are so cute. Even mm-hmm. in this phase where Jason doesn't know and Janet is just like pulling strings to help him from behind. It's cute. I like it. It's cute. We cut to Eleanor in the classroom looking at Tahani's massive ring, her engagement ring. She says, I'm not sure I could bench this much weight. And Tahani <laughs> reveals that she's been ring weight training her whole life since she was a little <laughs> kid. Is that in yours? Because I think yeah. it's a really funny detail. I thought that was really funny. And then she invites Eleanor to the engagement party, which is going to be very casual. Come as you are. It's going to be at her Airbnb. Cut to the gang dressed super Another really funny joke. At a mansion. Of course it's a mansion. That makes so much sense. I guess all these people came as they were, <laughs> which might be one of Chidi's only lines in your cut of the episode. Yes. It's one of his three. This is also the Moana costume bit, which was so funny. Ellen was wearing was a Moana really costume funny. from Kmart instead of underwear. And then she goes and asks Tahani about the Airbnb. And Tahani mm-hmm. corrects her. Oh, I see how you would make that mistake. Actually, it's Airbnb with an H <laughs> where people run out their private islands in blimp hangars. <laughs> I thought that was a really funny bit. Yeah, it is really funny. Tahani has got a low-key good episode, actually. Mm-hmm. If there was an MVP up for grabs, Tahani could have potential, I think. I don't know. The gang then gets to meet Larry Hemsworth for the first time. And you would think it would be the opposite, but Larry was too nervous to meet them because he's so ashamed of himself. (laughs) 
But everyone except for Jason is blown away by him. They have no idea what he'd be anxious about. But Jason just wants to ask questions about Miley and Liam and if Wrecking Ball was about Why Liam. Why this is so fucking funny is he said, did Miley Cyrus write Wrecking Ball about Chris's brother Liam? Did he say Chris's brother? Yes! <laughs> That does make it that so much shit's funnier. That so funny. Larry rushes off at the mention of his brothers, and Tahani calls off, Hey, no, fixing baby's spines is just as important as acting. <laughs> <laughs> and then Michael tells Janet while they're here at the party watching and spying that this is their only chance to get them all to stay together. Janet suggests, though, she's getting more and more fed up with Michael, seeing how everything they do causes problems, and suggests that they stop causing them and let the gang split up and just hope for the best, hope that they get the points that they need to make it to the good place. But Michael has too much riding on this. It's not like he will tell you over and over again it's about the humans, but it's just as much about him as it is about the humans. So nope, Michael's going to be Nathaniel <laughs> Cookswell, caterer to the stars. Caterer to the stars. Janet's dejected. Ah, well, maybe no accent, though. Don't do an accent. <laughs> I like the Janet that we have now because she's a lot more assertive and less just kind of, okay, I'll do whatever Michael says. At this point, she's like, yeah. I know just about everything, and this is a bad idea. <laughs> That's a bad accent. Eleanor then goes on to tell Dahani that she's bummed that her party didn't have any caviar. It's a fancy party, and she wanted to have caviar. Is this in yours? No, no caviar. I like talk. to play a prediction game of if I can guess as I go through it what are jokes that would be cut out if they had to come And you usually are pretty good because every time you're like, was this in your episode? The answer is usually no. Yeah. So Eleanor says, man, I'm bummed there's no caviar. And, and Tahani says, you know what? I've sworn off caviar thanks to the ethics I've learned here in this group. And Eleanor says, you're basically Gandhi. And Tahani says, that means a lot. Sir Ben Kingsley is actually my godfather. That's so funny. Yeah. I wish that was in mine. I love it's kind of funny. Ben Kingsley yeah. Extended jokes, cuts are good. Yeah. They share a moment of gratitude for their friendship. I'm sure yours was in this. And it feels like no matter how you roll the dice, there's a moment where Tahani and Eleanor realize how grateful they are that they've learned from each other and made friends with each other despite their differences, which is always really sweet. And we get another sweet moment like that here. And when Eleanor mentions, well, I hope we get to keep seeing each other as things move on, the Baroness, someone who's just referred to as, oh, the Baroness, steps up and interrupts their moment to show off that Kate Blanchett has arrived to the party with her clone. This is not my episode at all. None of this is. None of this. Even their sweet friendship moment. I don't think so. I can't think of one. Yeah, the Baroness interrupts and says, Kate Blanchett is here and she's brought her cloned pony. And oh Tahani says, Agamemnon? And they rush <laughs> off to go see the pony. <laughs> Great name. Larry walks into one of the back rooms of the party and is offered a snack, the Vegemite canopy? <laughs> canopy. Canopy. Janet serves that to Larry and she's like, Do you want a snack? Yeah, why not? Mom's right. I'll always be the chubby one. <laughs> Michael goes with the accent after Janet said not to and introduces himself to Larry. They discuss that they're moving to England and how they met each other. And Michael and Janet try to start sowing seeds of doubt. Janet says, you've only seen 84% of Sydney. 4.8%. I thought she said 84. 4.8. You do watch the subtitles. I do. You've only seen 4.8% of Sydney. And he's like, what? Why would you say that? That's specific. Probably. I mean, probably. (laughs) I think. Larry knows what's up. 
It's like, I know what's going on here. I know exactly what you guys are. Australian Inquirer, TMZ. (laughs) That was funny. And he speaks about how he's the hideous shame of the Hemsworth family. And he knows that Tahani loves them. And this doesn't make him want to stay in Sydney. It makes him want to leave, get away from all of these people spying on him and causing him to feel bad about himself. He can't wait to get away from here and take Tahani's last name. (laughs) Hey, that's pretty good. That's hot. You say a lot of people doing that these days. Yeah. Very progressive. Mm-hmm. Should I take your last name or would you take mine? Maybe we should share. I, I like a hyphenated you situation. your partner's last name or me taking mine. When you and I get married mm-hmm. and have a real, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry type situation. I think Pruitt Baker is, is cute hyphenated. But I'm Baker not going to hyphenate a posh. name. I may be a progressive liberal, but that's a little too progressive. Mm. I demand ownership of the family name. Sure. Thoughts? <laughs> well, I know how much your dad means to you, so we should keep that proof. They're all going to be dead alive. five years from now. Fuck! <laughs> 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 Eleanor... <laughs> wonders to Chidi and Simone in a moment here if with the hole that Tahani is making in their group if maybe Margot Robbie might be interested to replace her (laughs) and this is when Chidi and Simone kind of start dropping bombs that well actually this is kind of a genuine natural this is like a natural stopping point yeah to split up and to go different paths and Eleanor we get why later in a really great moment with Simone but that really triggers her in this moment and she just mm-hmm. assumes she's just found this comfortable place and yeah she's in australia and doesn't have any money but this thing's working for her so she's just going to keep doing it forever that's not how it's going to work but they're not going to split up forever they say we'll just take a break for a year you know or so. think about results <laughs> and then maybe get back together which is sad they imagine that eleanor is ready to get back home to arizona and she kind of feigns interest but all she really has waiting for her in arizona is a half free spray tan Mm-hmm. on her left right side when you take the mirror effect into, into you gotta into gotta take that into effect so michael is stressing about this obviously the group is splitting up and he doesn't know what to do but he kind of just throws caution to the wind and says i'll deal with eleanor and i'll hope she doesn't recognize me meanwhile janet will take sweet cheeks jason's butt i mean jason <laughs> I thought that was which we funny. don't get to see i don't think. No, we don't we should i'd love to see a little interaction between the two of them without Jason quite knowing what's going yeah. on. Yeah. So I, I feel like, like Jason to see that. would, I don't know. I feel like they could play off some really cute interactions between them without mm-hmm. it being like ham fisted. I agree. Eleanor pours herself a drink from this fancy decanter and Michael shows up with shrimp. Shrimp? Always. Mm-hmm. And he asks her about her connections to Tahani, which instantly gets Eleanor talking about how upset she is that this group is splitting up and that they're moving. And Michael gives one of his better of recent like decoy this. speeches here. Yeah, about a team and, and and says something about how this team is like keeping Eleanor from oblivion mm-hmm. and how it seems to like work to keep her away from all of these negatives that she finds herself sinking into. And when she, he starts talking dark and otherworldly, Eleanor says, you're a caterer, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Super competitive business. <laughs> And the memo of his speech to Eleanor is that if the study means that much to her, it probably means the same to everybody else. And Mm -hmm. everyone's just waiting for someone to say, let's all stick together. And with that in mind, back at the party, the main area, Tahani proposes a toast to the Brainy Bunch. She says something about, they're exactly what I needed to get out of the spotlight of my get out of the spotlight. (laughs) And she made a cake with their group photo on it. And it's a cute moment. And she opens it up to propose a toast like one of the group to come up and, and gets Eleanor to come up. And she starts by 
giving a nice enough speech, but then kind of goes to... I get that we all have meaningful lives outside this study. Well, to Hani and Chidi-Doo, Jason and I are straight trash. That made both me and Danny laugh really hard. She thinks that they've made so much progress together and that they could continue to make more progress together and she can't be the only one that doesn't want to stop. So let's all stay here. And it's kind of a heartbreaking moment when Tahani says, oh, that's nice. And it's kind of awkward. And then Chidi says, I love that this means so much to you. But, and then Eleanor instantly walks mm -hmm. it back and instantly starts walking circles around. Oh no, this is stupid. I don't care. And then in a really clever way, all of a sudden this becomes one of Michael's chaos sequences. Yeah. Eleanor's throwing a fit at the party. She's ruining the cake. She's insulting Tahani. She's belligerent. But it has a different weight to it because, as we'll talk about in a second, there's no reset button. Yeah. What's going to happen now? We can't life. just like start over. Yeah. I really like that. And now mm -hmm. that we're talking through this moment, I think I like it even a little bit more. I yeah, think really I think it's really, really moment. smart and really clever. <laughs> so she defaces the cake and uses her classic Tahani impression and chants USA, 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 as she leaves the Australian party, which is super funny. Mm -hmm. And Michael and Janet, I thought I could have done without this shot. It's like them looking over a door and Michael's above Janet and they like look at each other like they're in squares on the Brady Bunch theme song. Oh, I didn't have that in mind. So Not they, did, for me. they did cut it. They cut that shit. Then we cut to outside of the party. Eleanor's behind this tree eating some food like she's mm -hmm. a raccoon. She's eating the cake and, that's in her hand. Yeah. And Simone finds <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Simone finds her and sees that she, they're both waiting for cabs. Eleanor tried to call a cab, but they're 10 kilometers away. I don't know what that is. What are you here to yell at me about the metric system? <laughs> I Simone? think that this scene with Simone is, is one of the strongest in the episode. One of the strongest of the season so far. I think that Simone it's Simone really... is such a light... Yeah. And I think they use her, even though I want more of her in the episodes, mm -hmm. I think they really choose great moments to use her. And yeah. I remember talking before the season of like, oh, yeah, I like Simone, but I know that she doesn't really matter that much. So I feel like I'm not going to care about her that much. Not the case at all. From mm -hmm. her first episode, we've been like kind of ship Chidi and Simone, even though yeah. we ship Eleanor. I chip, even though we ship, we ship Chidi and Eleanor. And oh, I kind of like her. And oh, she fits into this group that's so set into each other. What other show could add a new character to its main core group that's like part of the crew mm -hmm. in season three and it not instantly Seamlessly. be like, boo. Yeah. It works perfectly. It's very so they rare. have this beautiful moment. And Simone isn't easy on Eleanor. She like tells her what everybody's thinking. She's yeah. concerned, but she's like, well, no, my, my friend attacked us. And then I came out here and I'm waiting for a cab. And now my friend's attacking me more. So I think I'm just going to go. And mm -hmm. she has every right to be like, that's enough. Bye. Because this is real life. There's no reset. Someone does something like that. And like we've said in, oh, this is on that 70s show where we talk a lot about moments that should end friendships, but don't. Yeah. This is a moment that should end the friendship. Yeah. And it's about to, but Eleanor is kind of the bigger person in her rock bottom moment and mm -hmm. calls out for help and asks her to please stay and please help me. And please, what do you think I just did? That's like, the why moment. did I do that? Mm -hmm. That's the moment. In community, there are so many moments where a character has a childish breakdown. Yeah. That's or like a hulkish rampage of an episode, whether it's Jeff in mm -hmm. the Bar Mitzvah episode. Annie or does it there's a couple one times. Annie. Yes. And I think it's in the fake UN, the model UN yeah. episode when Annie does that. That's bad. For this show to then have another character say what you, in, in a funny way, mm -hmm. said you're childish. You Maybe it. you like, need I'm a child a neuroscientist. Or I don't a specialize in temper tantrums. But to have a character like address an adult who's acting childishly and then say to them, well, maybe it's because of this and this and this. 
The community could never have a scene Mm-mm. like that. And I think that show should have. Yeah. It really works wonders in this scene. It explains to Eleanor the concept of first me versus us mm-hmm. and then us, us versus, versus them. them. And she explains me versus us as what? Not being when able you're to accept yourself doing... in a group. Yeah, it's, like it's being able to sacrifice people, something the for the for right. the better outcome of everyone. And then us versus them being, I don't understand this group. And Simone so well eloquently explains that's how mm-hmm. you get racism. That's how you get all of these awful things yeah. in the world. And that's why fans of Stone Cold Steve Austin hate fans of The Rock. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Eleanor has a comeback to that. I, She's I, like, no, it's not. It's because The Rock went Hollywood. So really all of his friends are the real jabronis. Jabronis. Great use mm-hmm. of the word jabroni. Love it. Yeah. And Simone's like, you know, what's crazy about you is I think you never made it past the me versus us part. You've never been a part of a group and accepted yourself into it. Eleanor says, that's not true. I was in the Girl Scouts to steal cookies and stuff. (laughs) Under a fake name. Yeah, you need to join a group and you're scared to lose this first one you have and be alone for the first time. Or she's just a dick. There's the Mm -hmm. other dick, which is great. Simone earns the other usage of the dick in the episode. Yeah. So Eleanor thinks about what she's saying. It's a great moment. It really comes through. And I think it makes a lot of sense that it's Simone that comes to her in this moment and not Chidi because she is part of this group but kind of impartial a little bit and Mm -hmm. can kind of be from the outside looking in of what these four people have together and be like, I think I need to step in because Chidi's not going to say this to you. Mm -hmm. And Eleanor Eleanor lets that seep into her and she decides that she needs to apologize to her friends, lets Simone take her cab and goes back to apologize. And Simone and Eleanor hug. Mm-hmm. I like that scene a lot. So then Eleanor apologizes in the way that she can. She's very quippy about it, and she's very sarcastic, but she does say, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. The point is, I'm not really an I'm sorry type girl. I'm more of a, it's your fault your car got keyed in the movie theater parking lot because you wouldn't shut up while watching John Wick type girl. <laughs> Super funny. I like that. She says that and she apologizes and Chidi says to her that he'll miss her too which is a sweet moment to have between the two of them in a season that's keeping them very separate with a big wall in between the two of them Mm -hmm. Uh, it's nice to have that moment and Tahani here this is a really funny bit how this escalates proposes that they have a yearly reunion and they'll meet at one of their places or mansions or chalets Mm -hmm. and someone probably Jason says let's start at Jacksonville we should all meet up in Jacksonville my house is right on the water it didn't used to be, but the whole city is a swamp and it's sinking into the ocean. Woo! Strong pitch, bud. Next year in Jacksonville. Yeah. Uh, we might not want to wait a whole year. It's sinking really fast. And he says <laughs> it so positively. And after that, Chidi proposes a toast, and it's a sweet moment between the group. As we cut to the last scene of the episode with the biggest cliffhanger, I think, of the season so far, mm-hmm. even with last week ending with the big escape, Michael scrambles. They've got to come up with a plan to keep them here because they're going to separate. They're making amends, but they are going to split up. He's like, okay, I have this idea. Only five bystanders will have to it. It's called arson. (laughs) And Janet's completely on the side of trying to talk Michael down. But no, he won't do that. He's on to the next idea. A second near-death experience. Chidi will say, this I got to (laughs) study. That was an in mind. That's funny. Yeah, already predict it. He's like, yeah, I'll give him a second near-death experience. This I got to study, says Chidi. (laughs) and janet tells him you can't just reset things the moment they don't go to your plan and michael has a moment where you think that got through to him 
but it, it doesn't. He's got a new crazy idea that'll probably fail. He even says it'll probably fail. He's gonna sneak back through the door and find a way to reset the timeline, even though he has no idea how to do it. He's like, I don't know, maybe there's a knob or a switch or a, <laughs> uh, unplug it and plug unplug it, back it and in. plug it back in. Janet says, Michael, before you do this, and this is when Michael slips back into that convincing way of speaking, mm-hmm. where he says, no more waiting. This is all we have, Janet. We have Chidi and Eleanor and Tahani and Jason, and that is it. If we can't get them enough afterlife points to get them into the good place, then there's no point in us even being here. We have to try. I love the way that he says all of their names like that, and that's it. And if they can't save them, there's no point to the two of them. They have to try. They have to do something. Mm -hmm. So Janet says, okay, let's do this. And they open the portal, and the door appears, and they open the door. And just as soon as they're about to do something, the humans make their presence known. And Mm -hmm. we don't know exactly how long we've been there, Mm -mm. but we know for a fact that they saw, that they're seeing this portal. They're seeing this door. And Eleanor says, what the hell is that? And Michael (laughs) is always... Like, obviously, he's eating shit, and there's nothing he can say. But his demeanor is always so, like in this one, oh, hey, guys. Oh, hey, what are guys. you doing down here? <laughs> and that's where the episode ends. And I think I've convinced myself into liking this episode even I more than I thought I did. I think this is my favorite episode of the season so far. I don't exactly remember, as I have with all of the season, what happens directly next. The next episode's Jeremy Barramy. It is Jeremy uh, This is Bear the part me. of the season where I'm excited and invested, and I needed it, this it, moment. I think it kicks off here. It really starts to pick up with what the arc of season three is, and that yes. starts this episode. They this took their episode. time to get there, but it feels like we're here at the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. And I, really I mean, we had to go it. through, what, two years? Three years? That's true. Wow. I like this episode. I think it's really funny. Mm-hmm. I think it moves the plot along. And I think it still makes good use of the humans on Earth, what it would be like to put these characters back on Earth while still dealing with the otherworldly stuff that's hanging over them. Let's finish wrapping up the episode. Is there anything else you want to say before we do our good place, bad place for the week? No, I think it's a really good episode that signals a shift because secretly they repiloted us again. They do the thing where we have the party, we have Eleanor Axe out, and then something happens as a result of that or directly before it. And that happens again, no matter how much Michael and Janet meddle, no matter how much people grow, these four end up in the same cycle again. And now we have something that totally fucks that cycle up. I mean, really, as much as it did at the end of season one, when they discovered, oh, shit, we're in the bad place. Now they're discovering, oh, shit, there's a good place and bad place. What now? Because Michael can't just snap his fingers and reset it. So the stuff that comes after this is really exciting. And I think I'm excited to see what happens next. Looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Let's talk about the good place and bad place. Before we talk about ours, let's see if we can be swayed at all by our live patron audience. We've got an answer to the good place, bad place this week from new patron Lil... I didn't really quite get that last name. Little... Little S. Haker. Mm -hmm. That's (laughs) it. Little Little S. S. Haker. has written in to give us some good and bad places. I'll take the good place. They say this week to the good place, they're going to send Jason... Mainly because he's like a golden retriever. I don't know if he really does anything that good in this episode, Mm -hmm. but thanks for the input. What did they say for the bad place? Uh, Bad place, they say Michael. He's selfish even if he's saving the souls of the group. He doesn't want to die, LMAO. 
He's self-preserving. You've been giving a lot of Michaels. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Do you know who you're going to give your bad place to, Steve? I do. I have my good and bad place. Let's and I bad. did change my good place after seeing the episode a second time. You think My so? bad place this week is Eleanor. I know that there's really? growth in her asking for change, for but even from the beginning, her asking bad. why. Yeah, tantrum is bad. I think that... You know, she's kind of demonstrating some still bad behavior at the start of the episode, too, with the farting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. I think she has a fine middle of the lose, episode. lose a few points for that. Yeah, she loses a few points. Um, but I think the tantrum is pretty bad, even if she does it apologize. Is. Ruining the cake and ruining somebody's engagement party is pretty shitty. That is pretty shitty. Larry Hemsworth wanted one night to be special, and Eleanor stole the show. I didn't go with Eleanor, but I see exactly why you would. Mm-hmm. I feel like I got to keep giving it to Michael. Yeah, I mean, last season was the Michael from bad to good season, mm-hmm. and now we see that Michael still doesn't quite. Know he's how to still be good. a demon. He's yeah. very self-serving, and it's just because he's still in the shit that he's been in all season because of his own actions. Yes, he does more in this episode to convince people. He does more to try to help, to try to finagle, but it's all because he couldn't stay away. It's all because mm-hmm. he liked to go to Earth. It's all because he likes to interact with the people, and yeah. we're in this shit because of him alone. When well, and honestly, just a while Zach- back, some of them were going to go to the good place for real. Yeah. At this point, who knows if the judge is even going to let them... Like, the judge could end all this with a snap if she wanted mm-hmm. to right now. You know, Michael has, like, totally broken the deal because he didn't hold up his end, and I think that has ramifications that are going to... That's true. They don't even think further. about that. Michael mm-hmm. comes up with a plan to go reset the timeline. Why don't they think, well, what if the judge just resets judge the timeline? judge just does that, yeah. Boop, we're back here. That's a good point. Yeah, it's still Michael for me. What about your good place? Uh, my good place, so I'm going to... An honorable mention this week to Tahani. You said that if there was an MVP, she would be your MVP this week. I think that Tahani is a really good episode. I think that she's kind to Larry. I think that she's kind to her friends. I think the only bad thing she really does this episode is forgets about Jason, but Jason was fine. He wasn't hurt at all by it. I think Tahani has a really good episode, but I actually changed after watching again Mm -hmm. last night to Simone. I think Simone Mm -hmm. isn't in the episode a ton, but I mean... What she does in the episode at the beginning with her, Eleanor, get over yourself, like (laughs) they're free cupcakes. You're not going to take a big stance on anything here. Just like join the group. I think that's funny. I think that Simone at the end with Eleanor is is maybe one of the most important moments in the season because it's her saying, Eleanor, you have to take a look at yourself and grow the fuck up. Usually it's cheaty. Yeah, usually it's cheaty. It's Simone for me, too. I think it's a really good Simone episode, even with sparse moments. Simone, I think it's a really good quality to be such an obviously good person who, like, has such a big heart and wants to help people, but who has healthy boundaries and Mm -hmm. who is able to tell people, like, hard truths. She's not mean to anybody. She tells people what they need to hear. And I think when you're able to do that while being an inarguably great person, that's such a wonderful, rare quality to have. Yeah. It's great to have a friend who can talk sternly with you. I feel like you're a friend that can talk sternly with me and that Mm -hmm. I – it's something that – it's rare to have someone yeah. that's not your relative or your partner that can talk to you in a way. And I think Simone shows that she's like the perfect example of that without talking mm-hmm. down to Eleanor, even when she lightly ribs about like, you need a binky. She's making her laugh and like letting her guard down a little bit before she truth bombs her and helps her know that she needs to change. So I think yeah. Simone, it goes to Simone for me. Hey, great Simone week. We love Simone in, in, in our respective homes. Zach and I do live in the same house. We just yeah. refuse to mm-hmm. cross. There's like a, Other wall. a line of there. tape. On the floor and we can't cross it. Same Sometimes room. we stand on the other side and like make stick out our tongues. <laughs> it's the same room. 
the sound paneling <laughs> falling down is me actively knocking it down to spite him. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> it's a fake limo. I only got half the thing. There's a piece of cardboard. And someone's hand reached through and kept grabbing the ice. Guys, that's our podcast on the snowplow. It's been a lot of fun. We're going to come back next week to talk about Jeremy Baramy, which is one of the most iconic concepts in the show. So it's got to be one of the most iconic episodes. So glad season three is finally taking off. But until then, we're going to let you out with a warning that we give you this shit for free, but it would really help us out if you give us a few dollars over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. You get all kinds of extra content, a full rewatch podcast only on Patreon, and you could have watched this podcast stream live as we record it. Is this going to be uploaded with... to the Patreon, the uncut, unedited version? Well, I mean, it's just here. They'll have access to the link to watch nice. it. Yeah. You could go back and watch all of the uncut gems from this week's podcast uncut jams, uncut jams? what's up uncut jams that was a julia fox interview where she was like am i kanye's muse i don't know i mean i was josh shafty's muse when he wrote uncut jams safty josh safty sorry it's not shafty <laughs> oh that was a little bit of a triple x porn slip. parody so yeah, next week we'll be back to talk about Jeremy Baramy. It's going to be a lot of fun. And patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast to get all of our extra content, to hang out with us live. And when we don't stream this podcast live as we record it, you get it a week early. So that's mm-hmm. great too. If you want to be ahead of the curve, that's the place to do it. Steven, where else can the fine folks find us? If you also want to talk about Cillian Murphy's shaft or ball set on the podcast, from 28 days we talk later. about balls. Did we, we talk about, about balls on Maine? <laughs> we talked we, we, we talked about shaft and balls on me on me um come 28 days later us over at twitter.com uh we're also on instagram under the same name at time knife pod we're also on youtube you can see the video companion this podcast you can see whatever thing i got this you can see how it. it looks you can see my different camera angles because look there's yeah. so many options i could give you this i give you this wow i could give you this Hey, I like I can give you this. That one I don't care for. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it seemed a little shamey. But uh, come check us out on YouTube. Search the name of the show into the Time Knife. You also find out uh, on that same channel a couple of our other shows that we do or have done. And there's lots of fun stuff. Um, I'm getting scared of what Zach's doing now. Um, so go check out what he just did on the YouTube. We like to see your comments. It's always fun. Uh, but yeah, check us out there. This has been a lot of fun. Everyone, drink well. Be merry. (laughs) Steven, get us out of here. Uh, From inside the time night, Black Lives Matter. Uh, I'm Mitch McConnell. (laughs) (laughs) Can you please speak up when asking your questions? I'm Mitch McConnell. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. That was kind of like, I'm Steven. And I'm Zach. (laughs) We love you very much. We'll see you next week. Have a great week. Bye-bye. I know, but look, I've been having to look at myself because when I look at you on my screen, it looks like this.
<laughs> that's okay. But it looks over. It's it's like I'm looking over here. It it doesn't. See, I'm like, looking. I'm look looking at my right eyes at when I look at you. Yeah, I'm right looking at, you. at your eyes. Do my eyes look weird? I'm looking in the wrong direction on the video. It's okay. You're just not looking at the camera. That's I've been worse. looking here. The, the, looking at the camera is worse. That's me looking at the camera. <laughs> that's the worst option of the three. This is me looking at you. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. And this is my me looking at myself. Jesus this is what fuck. I've been doing. Yeah. This is what I've been doing. Yeah, that's, that's just the same. It's just left versus right. But this is the best, I feel like. But I don't get to look at you if I do that. I have to do this to look at you. And then when I full screen us... You really... This is... your, your face and my face are at the same level on these screens. So it's just here versus here. Like, this is... These are the two things you're showing me. <laughs> <laughs> these are the things that, that get cut out of the pod sometimes, friends. No, this never happens. <laughs> this has never happened. Before. We've had this same conversation... 118 times. I don't know how many podcasts we've recorded. More than that. I'm going to try some. How's that? <laughs> is that? Is that bad? Not, is, how's that? Is this bad? <laughs> Nothing's different. <laughs> it's different for me because now I can see you. Did you switch our faces? No, I have me on this monitor. <laughs> And I have you on the corner of this monitor. It's great. It works great. There we go. Zach has fixed it. But how does it look when I look down? <laughs> how is it when I look down at my notes? <laughs> oh, God. Looks like it always does. What if I put you by my notes? How's that? <laughs> I think that's worse than looking at the camera. Oh, hi. I need you to make eye contact like it's like a hostage video. Note to the editor, I'm just realizing this might be one of those episodes that I end up just using the StreamYard audio because I like to separate our audio files and stuff, but like mm -hmm. it's turned mine down incrementally down. And I don't want to have to just, just be like stop looking at adjusting. it, Zach. You put me over here so that you can peripherally see the audacity. I know what you're the whole bit. No, just no, no. So you can keep looking no, at your it, here, levels. Let me give you this. If I look at the audacity, <laughs> we're here. <laughs> we can't have that. I'm here. You don't want me here. You want me. I don't me want you there. Here. How's I this? I want you there. <laughs> Perfect. You found it. Reset. Let's do a reset. <clears throat> We're resetting. We're resetting. So, Zach. Nope. <laughs> Had a burp. Can you actually do it eye contact next time? How's he I'm here. <laughs> I'm just, I gotta stop doing that. <laughs>